I went to the Haven's new location. Oh, how was it? It's really nice. I went to the Haven's new location. Oh, how was it? Oh, well, how was it? I liked it. I was there first. Okay, well, they had a comedy act there the night that I was getting dinner with a friend. We were there for maybe, like, the first, like, seven minutes of it. Complete silence from the crowd. <laughs> it was like a... It was an utter bomb. I was, was it just like some incomprehensible Scottish comedian? Hey, you know how they went with them kilts or head on fire? They went with them with the other turrets and... Just, and then everyone... It's <laughs> like one Scotsman in the audience going, Guy! He's got our number! The waiter was like, yeah, you better get out of here while you still can. <laughs> Won't be going during stand-up night, then. A friend of mine used to play the accordion there sometimes and, like, sing uh, folk music. The, the thing I liked the most about going to restaurants in Hawaii is that there was almost always live music of some sort. That's nice. And it's almost always, like, entirely or partly outside, which is just, like, one awesome. of those nice things you can do when you're on a beach and you have nice weather most of the year. Does it let the chickens stride right up to you? And there are. There was, when we, we went to this one um, Mexican place in um, Kauai, and there was, like, just a cat who, like, just sat outside there. <laughs> and, like, the waiter knew. The waiter kept calling the cat tequila. The, like, the waiter, like, knew this cat because Aww. it was always there. And, like, I threw a little bit of my fish afterward. But, like, there was that. And there was also this, like, seafood place we walked by where there were just, like, three stray cats right outside, like, the outdoor area where people were eating. So, like, you knew people were just, like, throwing shit down there for them. Of course. One of the cats put a fish in its mouth hole and pulled it out. Just the skeletons. It made a xylophone noise. It was adorable. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. What a magical experience. I went to this, like, tavern in, uh... uh what's the... Devon. That's the area mm. we were in. And... It was, like, dated, like, some not-so-date, like, 1500s. It was, like, this building has been here since the 1500s. This, like, ancient tavern, like, thatched roof and shit. And there was, like, an ancient-looking cat that was just roaming the tavern <laughs> inside. It was, like, this, like, so old... This like, cat's been here for 300 years Fragile, also. purely theoretical cat that was, like, totting around. And, like, it jumped up into my lap halfway through my meal and just, just like, took a nap while I was eating. <laughs> it's like it collapsed into dust. <laughs> yeah, I, was so, I was, like, so gentle petting because I was, like... I <laughs> if I break his bones, yeah. if I break his bones, if I touch... It's just, like, a I, real Schrodinger's cat scenario. Yeah. Like, is the cat alive or dead? I would love if you had mentioned something to, like, someone who worked there like what do you mean that cat just been, <laughs> yeah, like, that years. Cat's been yeah. dead for 300 years <laughs> and it was, it was just like and I just love that it was this tavern and there was just like nope they're doing just like cat just has free roam of the place that's and sweet I like it yeah it was yeah. really yeah it was really cute I felt very blessed to have been, <laughs> to have been chosen, by the, chosen by the cat as its pillow <laughs> we can't leave the cat is still sleeping on me take a straight and stronger course to the corner of your life make so fast she hasn't got time to make you And welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down to watch a troubled movie and then talk about what worked. What Projects it on a sheet in my backyard <laughs> of my the... palatial California estate as we all sit around the table. Gather the family. Yes, with my platter of croissants <laughs> and uh, all these pancakes. And then we talk about <laughs> what worked, what didn't, and how we would fix it. I'm uh, Chris. Where is Jen Kirkman? Ravel. I am Brendan, comic poet Trishler. And I am Lee. I'm a big girl, and he's gone now, so I won. Dolly Hanty. <laughs> and of course you can tell by those nicknames that we watched the Hallie Meyershire-directed Home Again. Hallie Meyershire joint. Starring Reese Witherspoon. 
Michael Sheen. Candy Bergen. Candice Bergen. Kiko Alexander. Uh, fuck, who are the other boys? Nat Wolf. John Rudnitsky. And John Rudnitsky, right? And, uh, like, there's Lake two, Bell's in there. Yeah, Lake Bell's in there a little bit. There's two two little girls. They don't really... Jen Kirkman, kind of. Jen Kirkman's <laughs> back is in a couple of scenes. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's mostly all who matters. In terms of, like, what it's about, it's, it's literally just, like, her mom made a movie. It's a Nancy Myers. Right. I mean, again, not not to crib entirely from Blank Check talking about this, which I will try not to do. There's a very good Blank Check episode on this movie, yeah. which is to say that they say it is less that the daughter of Nancy Myers made a movie and more that a Nancy Myers mo- movie had a baby and that baby was a movie <laughs> and that movie is this, <laughs> which is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's like more aesthetic and vibes than plot, really. Yeah, I mean, this is a great... I mean, again, we'll talk about this when we get into it, but I feel like there's a lot of Nancy Myers movies kind of have a problem where it's, like, a weird five-act structure <laughs> that doesn't entirely... When, like, you look at your watch and you're like, like oh, okay, we got to be wrapping up now, then all of a sudden it's like, and we're going to Paris, and we're going to see how my play is being performed. It's like, what? No, we're almost done. What are you doing here? Yeah. Anyway. Get out. But yeah, before we can even get into that, though. Yes. What did we drink? So the drink that we made for this is called a white wine spritzer. With an H. Wine is W-H-I-N-E, a white wine spritzer. It is very, very simple. It is three parts California white wine, one part Pellegrino sparkling mineral water, a strawberry, and an orange. And really all you do is you pour chilled white wine and sparkling water into the glass. We did about three parts wine to one part Pellegrino. And then you add a strawberry to each glass's garnish and a little twist of orange on top. It is the easiest thing we've done in quite a while. And uh, Lee found what was possibly the most <laughs> The most wine mom wine. bottle of wine. It was literally called Middle Sister. Right. Wine. Yeah. And it's, what does what the, the woman say? I turn over like, there so I can't see it. Something I like, always know when it's time for wine. It's time. Dot, dot, dot. It's time. <laughs> and it's also like one of those little kind of like. Stick figures. A little, yeah. Sassy stick figures. Right. Cute little, yeah. she's got glasses. And like, doesn't it remind you of like, um. How like Hallmark will do kind of like fun ant cards. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's that kind of yeah. Card. Agreed. That, that that's one hundred percent something that could also be on the card of, for like someone's drunk aunt. Um, but I would not only was the label perfect. I thought this drink was yeah. I mean, great. like again, like what's to hate, right? It was wine, sparkling water, yeah. and just some fruits. Like yeah. it was so easy. It was good. I the wine was like just sweet enough. You know, like it, I was worried that it would either be too dry or like syrupy sweet. Lee, you did good because yeah. this was like a yeah. nice. Balance of the two. It's a good one. I will yeah. say though, whenever I drink wine in the day, I feel sleepy. So I'm, I'm, I I'm, I'm going to fight that a yeah. little. Baby has to go take a nap. Baby needs a nap. <laughs> um, only if it's in that like incredible palatial compound. <laughs> yes. they lived in. in the in the guest house with its fourteen thousand thread sheet counts. <laughs> but it's like but they're it's pulling like the these size, off the market. But it's like the size of like a studio apartment. <laughs> Three Egyptian orphans died to make these sheets. And they're so soft. <laughs> soft sheets for the softest boy. You can feel their blood. Oh, God. <laughs> Nancy Myers likes young blood. Yes, she does. Um, Nancy Myers like what's her face? What's that? Couch Elizabeth or Bathory. Or oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bathing in the young Freaking it, yeah. Bathing in virgin's blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lee, could you tell us what this movie is about? Sure I can. Here we go. According to Wikipedia. <laughs> Alice Kinney is the daughter of film director John Kinney, who made several prominent personal focused movies in his life, but died some years ago. 
As she hits her 40th birthday, Alice is currently separated from her husband, Austin, who has stayed in New York in his role as a music producer while Alice has moved back into her father's Los Angeles home with her daughters, Isabel and Rosie, to be closer to her mother, Lillian. Alice is also attempting to start her own interior design business. While out for a drink with friends, Alice encounters Harry, George, and Teddy, three aspiring filmmakers in L.A. to make a pitch to possible producers about... Oh, after a short film they presented at a film festival received positive acclaim. I have a quick question. Are these men or are they boys? They are boys. Three boys? <laughs> boys. Wow. Yeah, boys here. Cute boys. <laughs> Despite the three being in their late 20s, they hit it off with Alice and her friends. Sorry. With Alice nearly sleeping with Harry before he passes out from intoxication. The next morning, George discovers a room containing John Kinney's old scripts and rewards and realizes Alice's family history just as Lillian, Isabel, and Rosie return from the girls' night with their grandmother. Alice takes the girls to school while Lillian offers the young men breakfast and is so won over by their compliments of John's old films that she offers them the guest house while they make their pitch. As the three stay in the house, they all become an important part of Alice's routine as she develops a uh, potential romantic interest in Harry while Teddy helps her set up a website for her business. George encourages Isabel to enter a script-writing contest at school as part of an effort to pursue her own literary aspirations, with Isabel coming to rely on George for emotional support to deal with anxiety issues when it comes to her writing. The three young men also meet with Justin Miller, a director who is interested in funding... He's a producer, I thought. Yeah, he's, he he's a producer. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be a producer, uh, anyway. Who is interested in funding their own person, their own project, despite his passport focusing on horror movies. As Alice and Harry glow closer, uh, she invites him to join her for a dinner with a couple of her friends, but Harry has a meeting with Miller about further funding opportunities that runs over, prompting Alice to call off their potential romantic relationship the following morning. <laughs> Depressed when she realizes that her first potential client has basically been treating her more like a general hired help without taking any of her design suggestions seriously, Alice is further thrown when Austin unexpectedly arrives in Los Angeles, claiming that he is uncomfortable living with three strangers, uh, having three strangers living with his family. When Harry learns that Teddy and George have been pursuing independent projects, he becomes bitter at the belief that they have no faith in his own work, prompting him to leave the house. Teddy's dislike of Austin's subtle manipulations culminates in a fight between the two, just as Alice returns from... So subtle that we yeah. didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just that good, folks. Yeah. <laughs> So, so under the radar, the movie doesn't even show you. Yeah. Uh, subtle manipulations culminates in a fight between the two just as Alice returns from picking up her daughters from school. But although Alice agrees with Austin that it may be time for the others to move out, she informs Austin that she wants an official divorce. George and Teddy reconcile with Harry and find their own apartment with Harry accepting the other two's decision to pursue other opportunities on top of their own work. A week later, Alice visits the boys' new apartment to apologize for how things turned out, assuring them that she still wants them to be a part of her family. Harry apologizes to Alice, declaring that she's too good for him. On the day of Isabel's school play, the three men have a meeting with a potential investor in their project, but when the meeting overruns and the client expresses ideas that are not in line with their own vision of the film, (laughs) Harry cuts it short so that they can get to the play, just making it in time for the start. George's presence backstage reassures a nervous Isabel while he is also implied to hit it off with her teeth. <laughs> that is, that, I forgot about that. No, it is literally just like a one second thing where yeah. she's like, you're George? And he's like, yeah, you're Miss So-and-so? Oh, wow. Like, woo, hot. yeah. <laughs> we're so you, we're so, hot young people. So you've been teaching my girl? <laughs> oh, my that evening, the strange family, in quotes, <laughs> have a dinner to celebrate Isabel's success with young Rosie making a comment about the actor who played her dad. Everyone looks at her dumbfounded. She shrugs and asks, what? Was it not about us? 
<laughs> That's, I'm glad that they decided to keep that line. Yeah. yeah. The classic ending of um, this movie. Yeah, of the play we also didn't see. So I'm like, I guess maybe it was. Right. Like I said, you see a table. You see six people around that table. They kind of look like the other characters in the movie. <laughs> She's a smart kid. She writes what she knows. I wonder if her play was just called, like, The Three Boys. It's called Three Plus Three. They say that. Is it really? It somewhere. Yeah. So three boys plus the oh three of them God. equals six. Uh, Lee, do you want to cast? Yeah, just sure. Just because we probably um, Alice Reith Witherspoon. Uh, you got Nat Wolf as Teddy, John Rudnitsky as George, Pico Alexander as Harry, uh, and then sliding scale of importance right. down here. But um, you got Reed Scott as Justin Miller, Lake Bell as Zoe, who's the lady that like the rich Alice lady. Is working yeah. For. Uh, Michael Sheen as Austin, the ex-husband. Uh, that's pretty much. Candace Bergen is the mom. Yeah, the mom. Yeah, as her mom, as uh, Reese Witherspoon's mom. But yeah. that's I mean that's really about it. I don't know the names of the. Actors who play the children, so I can't imagine we'll be referring to them. It's also by hard name. to like consider most of these characters as like people as characters. They're, they're just kind of <laughs> or vague ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like conjured shades. Um, <laughs> the big thing I wanted to start off with here is like we were kind of alluding to how even though this isn't made by Nancy Myers. Mm-hmm. It's got the Myers look. The Myers touch. The Myers the touch. Myers touch. <laughs> the mighty Myers touch. <laughs> it does, though. It does. Good movie. Yeah, good movie. It, anyway. It looks and feels... What spells are ringing, guys? It's fun. It, it looks and feels like Nancy Myers. It has the same kind of rambling right. plot structure. Right. I mean, the thing about the, the biggest difference I'd say is this is a 90-minute movie, whereas Nancy Myers movies are at least two hours, <laughs> often longer. They don't need to be. Right. No, And also, yeah, also don't need to be. Yeah. This movie, again, for a movie that is 90 minutes long, and I feel like goes down pretty easy for me, it is sort of like a rambling plot of a movie, too, where we're constantly kind of weaving back and forth between ideas and events. A lot of moments. Like, right, and a lot of events in this movie feel like they happen off screen to the detriment of the characters. Yes. Like the part where Candace Bergen suggests that the boys move in with Reese Witherspoon, it happens entirely off camera and Reese Witherspoon, like the next scene is like Reese back at the house being like, you said they should live here or right. something like that. And it's like, right. maybe, like, should we not have seen the boys like schmoozing with Candace Bergen? Yeah. And, like, and that's when she realizes like, oh, hey, boys can live with her. Or this part that, um, where Reese Witherspoon decides to divorce Michael Sheen, mm-hmm. she just sort of like all of a sudden is like, I think we should get a divorce. And it's right. sort of like, well, where is this coming from? Setup doesn't exist. Right, in yeah. This movie. Right, exactly. It does feel like there was an extra half hour on this movie that was left on the cutting room floor or it something. Does. That they were just like, this is too long, you gotta tighten this up. And so Hallie was like, I guess we can cut out like all the character parts, right? <laughs> I guess we can like cut out all the parts where it like puts everything in context. Right, right? yes, where people like do things and, and we decide ex- things. And we explain what people's relationships are. Yeah. Um but I, I guess the 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 thing I wanted to start by zooming in on, especially here, is how in some ways this is a this is a Haley Myers Shire insert kind of self fanfic right. character. Yes. Um, with this famous director father, albeit of a very different kind. Yes, from definitely. What from Charles, from Shire Charles Shire. Was. Yeah. Charles Shire, who um, did like studio comedy. Right. Like in like again, like not a like a bad director or anything, but he did like Father of the Bride, very commercial films, and um, Private Benjamin. Right. And like like a lot I of love like Private Benjamin. Yeah, and like a lot of like fine movies, but not movies like this is like a John Cassavetes type director. Right. or something and Candace Bergen is like Gina Rowland so it's sort of like she does have famous parents in this movie but while dad is a director mom is not also a director mom was like kind of an actor who was in 
a few of his movies, but like not really an actor, I like, guess. Like that's now it's just sort of like grandma, old lady about town, right? Like <laughs> doing her spin classes or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's just fascinating that like the details they decide to change are like so cosmetic, but it is literally just like. Oh, what what is my life going to be like when I'm divorced? Just like right. I mean, this, this this again is sort of like her own fanfic of like, what will it be like to be a divorced forty something woman? Like, I can't wait for it. Which, according to that article, yeah, is there was an interview with the Wall Street Journal <laughs> that uh, she and her mother gave, where she mentions that, and this is almost a direct quote: "My spirit animal is a forty year old yes. divorcee." She uses the word spirit she animal. She uses is... the word spirit animal, which like I think says a lot about what you're getting into in this movie. And it's also like not exactly what I expect. Kelly Myers Shire just yeah, yeah, like that, anyone. Yeah, yeah. When you wanted to talk about the Myers yes. touch, what did you want to specifically go into? Anything in particular? Well, or just establishing that. Well, and it's also. I mean, we'll get into the aesthetic a little okay, bit later, okay. but just sort of establishing that sort of here in the background okay. that it does feel at times like there is some personal right. It does feelings in here, or sort of modeling her parents a bit. Right. I mean, I, I feel like the best way to put this is it feels like a more amateur version of a Nancy Myers movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a Nancy Myers movie made by someone who hasn't really lived this life and hasn't also really made a studio feature before. So it's just sort of like someone trying to do all of those things and sort of accomplishing it. I'd say it sort of skims across the top. Yeah, Like, it's yeah. never really breaking the surface. Right. It's, right. It's like, you kind of get it. It's not like, you know, it's not like a hallmark version of a Nancy Myers kitchen, no. but it's like a less of a Nancy Myers kitchen than it would be yeah. in it's any not, other movie. It's not quite as an, of an impressive kitchen. Right, yeah. It's, like, fine. They do have a great guest house. They have, yeah. I mean, great breakfast spreads. Right. Oh right. My God. Again, the breakfast spreads where you see yeah. her making, like, an entire platter of pancakes, <laughs> a whole rasher of bacon, and, it's like, on a table behind her, there are plates of fruit and, just like, and like, a croissant tray. And, like, yeah, like, uh, danishes yeah. and bagels. And, and I realize, like, <laughs> like, this is, yes, I realize there are seven people there eating breakfast, but, like, how the fuck did you pull this yeah. off. I, I hope they're, yeah, it's like what a, a medieval king would have. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the royal brunch! Yeah. It's what the royal brunch is at um, medieval times. Yeah. It's not watching this does make me appreciate what Nancy Myers does. It feels a little bit of like the end of Devil Wars Prada where Brad is like, no one can do what I, I do. <laughs> where like you imagine Nancy Myers watching this movie being like talking about like, oh, someone wants to come along and do this for cheaper. You can't. You can't. <laughs> no one can deliver that experience like me. Somehow, if you try to do fluff on a budget, you're going to get budget. It's not going to be if as You're going to get budget fluff. Like you, yeah. you thought I was budget fluff? Yeah. Here's my daughter. Right. You need to have like a budget of $150 million to pull off the kitchen that she wants to have. Anyway. <laughs> She, um, I am intrigued to know how that's going to go because uh, she she's doing a movie on Netflix, right? Um, which is sort of infamous for cutting production corners. Right. So I wonder how that's going to play. Because I know when she won't be able to. Will she still be able to like CGI out the spiky plants in a background scene? <laughs> or what if they're like, listen, we have to do particle board instead of marble? It's <laughs> like fuck you. No. <laughs> I mean, it can't be that hard to find like oh, I'm sure nice not. kitchen. No, I'm sure or it's make, not. Or make bad kitchens look nice. Yeah. Have to use the kitchen it's you can hide them just yeah just like throw on a faked countertop the top yeah. of it yeah you're good um so yeah the 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 plot such as it were well so this my film. my interpretation of watching this movie so first of all i i don't know you 
Did you guys see the trailer for this at all? I, I did. Thought, okay. I, I saw it in theaters. I, I don't remember it. I okay, saw but it like you remember like that it existed, yeah. right? It the trailer you very much. Well, I feel like the trailers really kind of play up the whole like three boys move in with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. So it's sort of like when I saw this movie in theaters, and I saw this movie in theaters, <laughs> there is this sort of expectation that I feel like going in, it's like okay, I get what this is about. Like I don't get why the three boys end up with Reese Witherspoon, but it's gonna be a movie about like her and three boys, and like I don't know, maybe she's like trying she, it out, right? Maybe she like chooses is one of yeah. them and it's this sort of thing about like a slightly older woman and slightly younger boys and it's like is this sort of like a Stella gets her groove back type thing I don't know anyway but then like I feel like what the movie is kind of really about and I guess what Hallie Meyer Shire sees the movie as being about is about like a woman like starting anew in her life or something like that yeah I guess about because it's like it's a job thing but it right. really, we don't care about her job at all but no. these boys we, that's, that's right yeah I agree the job is barely an ass well and I mean like, and the thing with the job too it's like it's one of those things where like she's figuring out her job so it's like she's wealthy enough that it's not like when she gets there urgent. I have to get a job right away like if I don't get a job like you know like I can get a job like working at Target, but I have to get some money flowing right away. It's like, well, you've got a couple of months. You can, like, sit around and kind of think about what you want to do and, like, what are what are your strengths? And they even say in this movie, like, when she's having dinner with her friends, her friends, like, or no, Reese Witherspoon says something along the lines of, am I one of those women who thinks, like, every hobby of mine yeah. is a career? And it's like, you kind of yeah. are, yeah. for one. Because, like, you mentioned, like, oh, I was doing, like, fashion cool design. Yeah, and, and, like, I went into, like, decorating, and now I'm, like, an interior designer or something like that. And it is just, I, I get she's that this... Time. Right. It feels like this, like, it shouldn't really matter. This whole starting your career yeah. thing, like, shouldn't matter in the movie. But the movie thinks it does a little well, bit. Well, it does, but it doesn't, it doesn't really engage with it or care with it. Right. It, like, it doesn't, yeah. right, like, because, like I and said, like, it doesn't, like, matter. It's I'll, not this. I'll throw out there, like, I don't really care about it either. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If you made me care about it, I might care. Yeah. But, like, I, what I, what it is is, like, again, we talked about it being, like, it's like a fan fiction of what someone imagines being a 40-year-old woman is. Like, right. Where it's, like. I don't know. I guess she like designs. She right. She and I guess what that looks like is she shows up at a woman's house with a couple throw pillows. Right, and some like <laughs> like some Pinterest boards. Yeah, yeah. That's it, what it's here. Right. This is what I think it is without with having done an hour of thought into it. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. This movie, and I guess a lot of Nancy Myers movies, sort of almost always about divorce. Like, divorce mm -hmm. is such a common thing in her movies, and this comes up comes up in this one, too. But, like, it, it's divorce from a very, like, rich person's perspective. Always. Where, like, the divorce is, like, it's, it's like, a funny inconvenience, right. and it's not, like, a real problem. It's not the idea of, like, we're gonna have to sell the house, and we're gonna have to, like, move, and we're gonna have to downsize to, like, a two-bedroom apartment. It it's just sort of like, oh, you know, we're divorced. It doesn't it's okay. even wreak that much emotional destruction. You, they gesture at that it's, being in the past. Right. Well, see, that's the weird but, thing, is that, like, did you ever see It's Complicated? Yes. Where it does have that bizarre scene at the end where, like, the, when Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin's kids find out that uh, yeah, they've been sleeping like together, they're, like, emotionally devastated. Right. These are, like, adults. One right. of them is in college, and they're, like, the three of them are tucked in a bed together. They're all in a giant bed together, crying. like, crying. And they're, like, we're still sad about the divorce. It's, like, fucking how long ago was yeah. this divorce? Because like, get the hell over it. over it. Right, and, like, you still see your parents. It's, like, this weird thing where, like dad is on the other side of the country and we never see him it's like you guys gotta like be adults at a certain point where it's like divorce is both frivolous or emotionally devastating it's like so you either both. right you either never get over it or it's just like this funny little thing that happened in this the impact of the divorce is so eh the girls don't seem to be that negatively affected right. by the separation they don't seem to be that phased when she's like, no, daddy's not going to live here. Mm. They just seem to be more well, like, what about those boys? Because like the movie. Yeah, yeah. they're like more the interested movie, in the boys. They're way more interested in the <laughs> yes. boys. We care about the boys. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, like, yeah, the, the divorce thing seems to, like, not matter until the moment the, it's not, the movie decides it does. Right, the, like, until the point that yeah. Reese wants the, a divorce. The, the girls seem fine with it. Yeah. They, the, yeah, she seems fine with it. And then all of a sudden he comes back and, and suddenly he's manipulative. Yeah, right. All like the, the, so subtle. Right, she yeah. she, subtle she says something like the king of manipulation or something. Yeah, which like at no point do you ever see that. Anytime he's being manipulative, it's very like on the nose obvious that like he's trying to get a rise out of someone. Right. It's not like he's working in like subtle little finger esque ways, no. trying to like move things around. He's just like immediately goes to like Teddy or whatever and is like like oh like, oh you couldn't understand right. like like that's not complicated manipulation. That's just like being a dick. He basically yeah. just like like speaks for her in a bunch of times. Right. Where... And it is like I think to be fair, almost every scene you get of him, it's like oh they shouldn't be together. Like he's no. kind of a shitty husband. Yeah. He's not that great of a dad. She seems annoyed with it. Right. She always mentions how, like, he would be out until two in the morning. Smelling like Don Julio. Yeah, right. Like, hitting up clubs to find the next Sam Smith Which, or whatever the I fuck. I don't see that when I look at Michael Sheen. I don't either. That's the thing, too. Like, Michael Sheen. That big beard. Yeah, Mike. And, like, again, he's wearing, like, a button-down sweater right. and, like, sweatpants. It's like, this is a dad. This is unquestionably a dad. If I saw this guy, like, at a club at two in the morning, I'd be like, what the fuck has gone wrong with oh, your God, life? What are you doing here? Right, exactly. Like, are you, are you looking for your daughter? Has she yeah, run away to the club? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Quite daddy. Koi Daddy, yes, Koi Daddy. Koi Daddy, what are you doing at the clubs? Um, <coughs> was there anything else we wanted to talk about, about the, plot? the plot? Like, what other, I guess the other plot element to talk about here is uh, the boys in their movie. Right, yeah. there is that. Which, it's a movie, a black and white movie about stealing a watch, I is guess. my interpretation. I think, yeah, but it's like, they think it's artsy and right. in indie, and, and they, they're like, the directors and the producers think they're like, what if it was action? Like, like yeah, what if it was something different, right? Yeah, what if like, it, no, it has to be black and white. Yeah, it has to be an arty black and white movie what about if it was stealing like Ocean's watch 11, with but, Teddy. Yeah. But they, 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 they say that very derisively, as if that's not an entertaining movie people like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's not the kind of movie we want to make. <laughs> but yeah. Um... I also, I mean, I feel very strongly as well. The the boys need to shuffle their roles around a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that's our boy Pico feels like he's he's got a, he's got the actor's look. He does. I think the thing that I, I feel very confused about is that I guess if someone's going to be passionate about the movie, I, I, I don't know. Like I was thinking, like maybe it should be the writer or something like right. that. But like it's not. It's, it's not. the director. And then also. You get the impression that, like, as much as you get any impression about Teddy, that he kind of, like, is a schmoozer and, like, a flirt. Right. But, like, they're all kind of flirts. Like, Pico Alexander is the one who immediately, like, sees Reese Witherspoon at the restaurant and is like, like... Well, our boy John is too anxious to be much of a flirt. That's George. Right. A George. George, yeah. Unless, George Appleton. Unless yeah. you're a, a real voice name. Yeah. A real voice name. Right oh up to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's not creepy. It's, it's, it seems like it's going to be, and it's not creepy. I can't he's invited backstage at the play without knowing who he is the teacher just grabs him and is like you must be this guy great come hang with the children for a while again every, like, every this is like a few grades above Hallmark movie plot level mm-hmm. where it's Agreed. like a very surface level <laughs> plot of, of like aspiring filmmakers about to hit a big where it's like ooh I guess 
you know, somebody starts to get other job offers right. and they get right. jealous yeah. about that or something, and it's it's not nothing is engaged with very seriously. It, and... it does play as very childish on his part to be upset about that, especially when like were they supposed to not make any money? Right. I mean, like that's the thing too. Like, how are they? Together? Like, and I realize that like part of the issue in the beginning is that they have no money; they're being kicked out of their hotel, and like they will have to go home well, to wherever also, the fuck. Because Indian people never. And also because Indian people don't like Pico Alexander, he says, which he says in like the second scene where you meet him, which is an insane thing to have your ostensible, likable, romantic interests just say, like, the entire subcontinent of India does not care for me. Yeah. That's also after a, like, four-minute monologue of Reese Witherspoon giving you just nonstop exposition over, like, a montage of old, kind of vintage photographs. Right. Well, yeah, that's the whole opening. But I was also going to say, like, like, the one character of color who has the most to do in this movie is the stereotypical Indian guy who yeah. runs the hotel or something or is, like, the front desk manager who is just, like... Again, what like what what do you think of when you hear the word like stereotypical Indian landlord? That's him. Right. Just imagine it. Not like that. No. no, back to like the whole the the plot line of the yeah. movie thing yeah. and the jealousy thing you touched on, and, and like the him getting it being childish. It doesn't. It didn't even have to be. The movie doesn't engage with it. Like, but there's like a legitimate plot line in there of like. You know, maybe they're maybe they're the people are vultures and they do want to try to like drag one pit of the talent mm-hmm. off or whatever. Or maybe like the one of them again, maybe Pico's character has like real imposter syndrome and feels like he wouldn't be able to make it without the other two, and so he does get kind of possessive about their branching out or whatever. And that could be like a very real conflict that you can empathize with both sides very easily. But the way the movie plays it out is just like very one-sided, like, ah, Harry's just a man-child and can't right. deal with Yeah, him. I mean, I frankly kind of like the idea that, like, Pico, maybe, again, as the director, like, he's the one, like, you know, you can't see his contribution together. as much. So, like, maybe yeah. he's the one who does feel like, well, George wrote this great script and Teddy delivered a great performance. Like, those are the things that people keep singling out. Like, no one's saying anything about, like, the direction. So maybe, like, maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe, like, these two guys are the ones who yeah. are, like propping me up and like that would be a really interesting thing for him to do but you don't really get that because you don't really get anything from Pico Alexander's perspective we talked a little about how this movie is kind of meandering and strange and I do think like for me it is just kind of that I I don't think that you could not have a movie where all three of these plots are like dealt with sufficiently Mm -hmm. but I feel like this is not skillfully done enough so it's like I, I, again, for me, like, the least interesting thing is like the boys in their movie like well the boys get their movie made I don't really care about that (laughs) but it's more just sort of like Again, is this a movie about Reese meets three boys who live with her and change her life? Is this a movie about Reese starts over again right. and like learns, or is this a movie about like a divorced woman like finding herself and that's part of it? So it's just like I think any of those things are perfectly fine. And again, like I said, you could have a movie that is all of those things. This movie is not skillfully done enough no. to justify the juggling of all those balls. She just hangs out with these boys and then decides I want to get a divorce. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As we all have done from time to time. She just she she. She picks the the skinniest of the group of them. Yes. She's attracted to the skin because I think I think there's some sort of like a feederism fetish here with her plates of croissants. <laughs> she's like, like I no, just. But, but why do croissants have to do with? You're just feeding uh, just like the feed idea of like so feeding, much. like force oh, feeding. feeding. Oh, I yes. think you said feet. No, no, a feederism thing. Oh, feederism. Yeah. Is that a word? For yeah. It? yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. feeder, like, like a, a, a feeding fetish, where just uh, like she just wants to like pump feed. this boy full of food. You're all growing. Boys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh it kind of reminds me a little bit of. Well, she does have like weird, just like the weird mother thing. No, right. 
right. And like, that's the thing too, where it does almost feel like their relationship is equally predicated on the fact that she is mother and yes. lover. I like when um, Teddy's weed falls out of what? His sleeve? Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> and she's, and there is like a, nut, uh, a medicinal sign on it. Right. He's all like, oh, I guess I'll, she's like, I think you guys may have misunderstood. <laughs> this isn't an after party crash on the couch kind of place. Yeah. This like is a, a market list on the fridge. Uh, Latin, Latin homework after, after school, school kind dinner kind at six house. kind of yeah. house. It was just like, there was a lot of moments like those where the writing was just like not great. so yeah. speechy. And although so I do, I do like that she basically says like, let's just not cramp each other's styles here. Yeah. Like yeah. you can like do your weed, but do it in the guest house away my, from the girls. My like worst like dialogue slash line reading and nothing to say about Reese Witherspoon's acting talent, mm-hmm. but like when after the the fight, which is like a weird again, it's like a comical fight right. played for comedy, and then it's something oh, the, becomes the punch happening. Right, and then yeah. like yeah, then as soon as like he punches him, which he's already punched him once, he already punched Michael yeah. Sheen in the beginning. And then, second right. punch and then the, the second punch up. like knocks him down and the girls show up and then it's like oh no this isn't comedy like you're not yeah. meant to laugh at this fight this fight is traumatic <laughs> yeah but then like the, she's like uh, Reese Wilson's on the ground like you know helping Michael Sheen up and she's like I didn't sign up for anything. That's right, that's right. First of all, it's the weirdest, it's an awkward line, and she says it in the weirdest <laughs> way, and it, it falls so flat, it really does feel like she's a sea actress on a Hallmark. Line. <laughs> I think we just need to get our lives back on track. Yeah. yeah it's really, it's a bad line. <laughs> I it's agree. It's a bad line reading. It's so out of place, it just doesn't fit. Wait, are you trying to say you don't think Hallie Meyer Shire was, like, directing her that much or that yeah. hard, or really had maybe, like, a vision to for her? <laughs> Yeah, and she she she's like looking like off like I don't think she's looking at the boys, but she's like looking up like I don't yeah yeah she's, like, she's, she's just so down right yeah. she's just like so flustered and by I'm all the not happening. Sure, but, if yeah. she missed the eye, the mark for like where her eyeline to, or <laughs> she's meant to be looking at. Pika was running back and forth off yeah. camera, and she was like, <laughs> "Wait, know. slow down there." <laughs> so, it's so bad. It's like it, the movie just really spirals into. Pika Alexander saw a squirrel and was just all excited. Yeah. He had too much sugar at lunch. Yeah. He needed to. <laughs> Yeah, he does have a golden retriever look about him. Yes, he, he, he is. He is a little bit of like a, 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 a witch turned a dog into a boy. Yeah, it was Pico Perhaps Alexander. Perhaps an Irish shadow. Yeah. That's why like he can't. He, he just doesn't get it. Of, yeah. Like, wait, you're doing other things. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Why are we focusing on me? It's like Willow when we don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Like no. 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 Just pay attention to me, yeah, please. So, me. That was the other thing kind of implied. I just wanted to get to before yeah. you close the door on that. Um. So when Pico Alexander flips out, that his two buddies are, like, working. The thing that bugs me the most is the friends come back and apologize to Oh, yeah, him. yeah, I hate that. He never says he's sorry. Right, yeah. At no point does he apologize to them. And then the other thing that I mentioned, mentioned like, briefly, is that the reason why Reese and Pico don't quite get together is because... Pico, like, tells her, like, I have some sort of dinner tonight, like a business deal. But then, yeah, afterwards, I'll be happy to come and hang around with you and your 40-year-old friends having a dinner party together. What what 25-year-old would not relish that? Right. And so, like, the thing is that, like, of course, his dinner runs long. And, you know, he's talking Hollywood with the producers and blah, blah, blah. And, like, he misses the dinner with Reese and her friends. And Reese is immediately, like, you know, like, like 27-year-old boys screw up. It's just what they do. And it's just sort of, like, don't get so fucking bent out of shape. Like, first of all, he told you he was having, like, a work dinner, basically. Which is responsible. Right, because he's, again, like, he's young and this is what he came here to do. And it's like, this is just a dinner with your friends that he happened to miss. I get, you can be a little upset that, like, someone said they were going to come and then didn't come. Like, that's fine. But you're treating this as though, like, you know, you've been together for 20 years and it's right. your anniversary and he's not showing up to it. Well, yeah. like, it, it, it's, like, so not a big deal, but they do try to blow it up into right. being well, the, like... because this movie, there's no stakes. Yeah, that, again, like, because this movie is so low-key that they need to, like, inject drama where they can, <laughs> and that's the choice that was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, but then, again, like, as I was saying, the thing 
thing is that he then apologizes to Reese mm-hmm, for missing dinner, which is nuts. That at no point, even at the end when she comes back to see him, she doesn't say like, you know, maybe I overreacted a little bit as well. She's just like accepts his apology and moves on. <laughs> I don't Presumably know. to maybe get back to well, I, I mean, that's the thing. The movie does end with her very distinctively not with any of the boys right. or with Michael Sheen. I guess, like... Listen, uh, well, she's on her own. Do you want her to end up with one of the boys? Like, is that something you want while watching this movie? I'm not really... Like, I don't think the movie wants you she to think... She mothers them, so no. Right, like, that's the thing. I don't think watching the movie... I don't think the movie wants you to want her to end up with any of the boys. The, the part um, where she kisses each of their cheeks as they're, like, sitting in a line on her bed is the most, like, weird, like, mommy roleplay <laughs> It, it, it's it was like, weird, like this, right? like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, like the dwarfs are leaving and Snow White kisses uh, them on the forehead. Um, I do like. I do agree though that it's the most date semi part of it when they're all just coming in. Whenever. Yes, yes. Oh Can we check in? Yeah, like, yeah. Specifically, like a thing that I a game Grumps that I was reminded of, where like you can it's just it's like a visual novel they're playing where you can see like. There's like literally a space for an extra girl. Right, right. You know, you know, like, oh great, someone's gonna show yeah, up in a minute we've here. Got like one more girl has to show up before. Right, the like the there's place. a space next to boy on the bench. Yeah. Some other boy is gonna wander yeah, in. They, they wander one at a time and they sit on this bench with the perfectly room for three boys on this bench. And you're just like, where's the third boy? <laughs> they all come in, but then the yeah. party's over as soon as Michael Sheen shows yep. up. Yeah. <laughs> Like the sad trumpet. I think this after Jupiter Ascending, this is like the second movie that we've done that I wish was more of a dating sim than it actually is. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, me too. Same. Yeah. I think it fits better. Yeah. Genre. Um, did we want to say like anything about how this movie like looks? Sounds? I mean, like we said, this is it's like Nancy Meyers light. It's like it's pleasant, right? Like it looks pleasant. Yeah, we all we all agree because you we, the the cinematographer is the same one that does Dean Cundy, who's done like right. He's he's done he's done like a and, and just bunch of shit. movies in general. Right, yeah, yeah he's done so much Prolific. shit in his life. So it's like and it, then it's, also like that you said the composer was also it's John Debney, yeah. who's also like again these are people who like if she were not the daughter of two famous she directors slash writers, there's no way in fuck she'd be getting this team like behind her. It's. It's, it's a really impressive feat to have wrangled the team that she did get for this movie, frankly. Even with nepotism, it's just right. sort of like you really managed to get like an all-star team behind the camera of this thing. So, like, I'm impressed. Again, it it doesn't look as good as Nancy Myers, but it looks no. better than it's it has confident. a right to look, I think. Yeah, because this was also a pretty cheap movie. Let me look, actually, real quick. I don't remember what the budget was. I remember it was, like, a pretty low-budget movie. there are that many locations. I mean, there's not. And it's also, I feel it's like one of those things where it's like Reese Witherspoon probably got, like, the biggest paycheck Right. This movie, you know, like that was what most of your money went to. And the other boys, because they were sweet, took scale. Exactly. Um, yeah, so this movie was made for 15 and it grossed 37. So, like, it did well. It was not an expensive movie and it made a bit of a profit. Yeah. So, like, okay. that's, that's a win. But yeah, I mean, I would say for, the, for a $15 million movie, it does look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Are we saying, again, an ignorant yeah. person here about movie? I don't care about the, the names of these people or how much money it right. costs to make a movie. Is 15 a lot or a little? A little. A little, okay. It's a, that's, like, a, that's a small movie. Yeah, 15 is like a pretty low what budget picture. What are you really paying for if you're just sitting in a movie in a nice house? Right, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. It feels like, like most of your money is going to Reese. Yeah. yeah, like most of your money is going to like, actors for this movie. Why? But Nancy Myers movies do generally take up a lot of money. Why? Yeah. Is it just like people? I think she I does think, expensive locations. Yeah. I think she does expensive lighting. I mean, she has a lot of expensive 
expensive actors. Expensive actors. Yeah. I think she just gets expensive shit. Or she, do you remember how she's wasting money on digitally correcting right. spiky Like I plants? said, like that's literally a thing that yeah. like she thought the plants in the background were too spiky, oh, so they had to be CGI'd out. Which is like that's why her movies are so expensive because she's incredibly meticulous about what she's presenting on screen. And she's always like shooting in like really nice hotels and right. Like, yeah. The real estate she's shooting in is like really aspirational. Yeah. So like. I don't think anything is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I think, probably is a little bit cheaper because, like we said, the house, it's a smaller scale house. That's a nice house. But it is just sort of like a little bit generic, rich L.A. house. Like, it's not like a wildly expensive manse or anything. If they're going to have a 10,000 calorie breakfast, they had to cut corners somewhere. Yeah, they needed right. to keep the money around. <laughs> it's like the, the, the drill tweet about, like, candle budget. Yeah. <laughs> $8,000. Help me. My two daughters are starving. <laughs> My two daughters don't have a house. Yeah. <laughs> I spend $30,000 on croissants every morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> That would be a croissant that, budget. That would be funny if that was the or to, if if there was the the Nancy Myers verse if she just blew all of her money on baked treats made yeah. by Meryl Streep's character. Do, from, you, it's do you think like did that food and that those breakfast breads did the staff did the PAs get to eat that? I, I hope, hope so. so. I really hope so. I hope just that, that goes straight in the bin after. <laughs> that would be so mean. Like, you just like do that in front of the crew. I would love. It's like, it's like you're carrying past their noses as you get to the trash can. Like, Ed, just gonna pick that up there. Yeah. Just like get that out of your face. Yeah, I'll I'll take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of reminds me of when I I used to work for. Uh, the catering company that would do like BU events and I would see at almost every event there would be professors who would bring Tupperware to like gather up stuff from the uh, like the buffet and whatnot I get it um let's talk about actors and characters alright talk about fix this yeah thing. talk about those boys uh, let's talk about Reese and that gal as Alice our, the middle our sister gal, yes. the middle sister herself it's wine time mm-hmm. um she good she, she good she good Script not good. No, but Reese good. She delivers script script good. Yeah, I mean th- this feels like. What have uh, I seen recent? Can someone? Re- I mean, Legally Blonde, obviously. Okay, right? she was the main girl in Legally yeah. Blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Elle Woods, I believe her name is. Yeah, Elle Woods. I I honestly don't know what else you would have seen, Reese. <laughs> I'm a little, Did you ever I'm see Sweet Home of... Alabama? It's not <laughs> a good movie. Do you, Do you know about the original end of that movie? Um, I can't that tell you that Josh I do. Lucas die because they're struck by lightning by those lightning rods that they have that really impassioned conversation at. Is the, that real? Yes. That feels like it can't possibly they be sh- real. They shot it as a like, and they like died having like re- reunited, and that the studio was like absolutely. That's not. legitimately insane. If so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's the one in Just Like Heaven as well. Yes, yes she is. Yes, in just she like is. Heaven. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yeah. The, I don't like her character, but yeah. I don't like... I, I, I have mean, a lot of problems with all these people. Who is this character, really? Well, again, she's a 40-year-old divorcee. She's fucking, what, are, what are traits about her? She has not figured out anything in her life, clearly. Right, that's what I kind of wonder. So, yeah, right. So, like, to the point, like, what were her interests prior to being... Because it it's almost sort of feels like this movie is presenting the idea that, like... She was so focused on being part of a couple that she never figured out who she was. Right. But just sort of like, well, what did you do for, like, did you go to college? Did you ever have a moment of right. like, self-discovery? Was there ever a point in life where you were like, I know that I, w- I want to be X when I grow up? Or did you literally grow up like Kelly Meyer Shire thinking, like, I hope I'm a divorced 40-year-old woman? Honestly. That's really my calling in life. Yeah, because it, it just sort of seems like what you do for work was never a part of the equation. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's incidental. You've already got the money, honey. Right, no. It, it does feel that way. And I mean, 
Again, like, I feel like a lot of women in Nancy Myers movies like this, they have sort of, like, vague artistic careers. Like, Diane Keaton's a writer. You know, like, she yeah. writes. She's a playwright. They don't really matter. Again, Meryl Streep, Baker. Right, right. Reese Witherspoon's still keeping it up. Yeah, you know, she is. Yeah. She is. Not giving material worthy of her, but she's good in this movie. Yeah. I don't like, know that she has chemistry yeah. with Pico. I don't think she does. I mean, that's I, I don't know that she really has chemistry with any of the boys or with Michael Sheen. No. Like, maybe she has the most chemistry with Michael Sheen because Michael Sheen's also an adult. She has, she has chemistry with, like, Candace Bergen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and, like, with the girls. With I daughters. think she does have chemistry with her, of her peers. Her yeah, peers. yes, with, yes. Her husband. Her yes, husband. with the actors, like, of and above her age yes. group. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else to say about her. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean again, like I said, it's... And the actors are mostly fine in this movie. It's just that I really, everything is so bland. It's, really, yeah, or it's hard it's, to it's, sing anyone's pretty Right, it's just, it's, yeah. it's very ill-defined character-wise. Yeah, everyone's everything just in this very movie. middle. Yeah. Um, I and, guess... and again, like, it really truly is just like, when you're watching this movie, like, what is the ending you want for Reese? Like, who knows? Do you want her to get with a guy? Do you want her to sort her life out? Do you want her to, like, find a job that gives her meaning? What? I mean, the movie's called Home Again. Like, one assumes that... I guess the ending that you're supposed to take away from this movie is that, like, she's found, like, this is, like, her new home now, Mm -hmm. and, like, her new, like, family. Her new family is, like, her expanded family. It's, like, the boys and her ex-husband and her mom. Like, this is what family is now for her. So, like, I guess that's kind of the ending they're supposed to take away, but it also feels like you sort of expect her to get with someone in this movie, but you don't really care. She also, just to be clear here, never left home. No, she did. She was living in New York. Yeah, she oh. was home again. As we didn't see her go home. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. This is this is already picked she's up already, after the home again part. She's already home again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a thing about that that I'll do with fixes. Um, but but yeah, the, uh, yeah. Like Lee said, it's 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 a character writing thing, not so much a performance thing for most of the people in this movie. Um, Pico Alexander as Harry. All right. So wasn't this also the thing? Which where was you part said, of the old aesthetic of all of this. Old right. Names. Yes. There are a lot of old, George Appleton. Right. Which no yeah. person under the age of fifty has ever been named. <laughs> um, now George, it, the character is probably my favorite of the boys. Okay. So wait. Let me let. Yeah, so you had said, Chris, that when we're doing this, we have to name, like, our favorite boy. Yeah. So is the question, who is your favorite boy, or, like, which boy would you want to get with? Because oh. I feel like this is different Wait, questions. Which boy would I want to get with, or Reese Witherspoon? Okay, yeah. Okay. So I feel like there's a lot let's, of options to go through. Okay. You have to just clarify what you want. Let's say this. Yeah. Who do you want to be with Reese? Okay. And then who would you want to be with? Okay. I think for Reese, mm-hmm. I want George. Recent George is the most appropriate. For I, I agree that like George is probably like he's yeah, probably the closest in age. He's probably the most on her wavelength. I would yes. say he's yes. emotional. He's, he's, he's way very more sensitive. mature than yeah. the other guys. Um, but I would say but that as, as for who I would choose, I don't find him very attractive. No, I don't. Either. So it's one no. of those things where it's like that's not, yeah, yeah. I agree that that should be like incidental. That's the like, problem with the guy. I yeah, would, I would probably get with Teddy to be honest. Even though there's nothing there, but like, <laughs> I'm, I just Teddy is, Pico is such a. Child, and I'm not attracted to. So here's the thing. George, so. I think that the, it, the problem with Teddy is that he's ill-defined. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George has some problems uh, with the visuals. Right. And he's kind of a little <laughs> grating at times, regardless. Yeah. And uh, Pico comes off as a bit of not like schmarmy. Yeah. Kind of sleazy. Yeah. I think that I think the ideal form is to fuse them into one. Form. <laughs> 
I mean, this is the. I mean, again, this the is how the movie should end. Right? The, the movie should end with her being like, "All three of you will be my husband. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you will all give me different things." Right? Like, Pika will, yeah. will like shut up and just stand there shirtless, and like we'll have sex periodically. George is there for like my emotional needs. You know, yeah, you, Teddy want, is you want there someone to with help for the website. Help, help with my laptop. Yeah, yeah Teddy does machines. <laughs> no, Teddy. What Teddy is good at doesn't he? It's like he's. He is like the dog of the group because he is both this like sort of himbo, lovable, like yeah. simpleton, yeah, but also goes into like German Shepherd right, when, attack mode when a, when a threat is yes, detected. That's the, true. What was the lion uh, Reese Witherspoon's friend has at one point? She's like, "So you're telling me you get free childcare, right. sex, and tech support?" Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> but no, De- Teddy is like is he's a weird combination because again he's soiled five, but he has. Him, but he has a lot of himbo moments. He definitely have a thing about dad. Yeah, but then he. Yeah, that too. In That's that weird. in that scene with Michael Sheen, he he like there are flashes of like weird wisdom in his eyes that I'm like, where is this coming from? Right, like well, you had said first, and both of you had said this. But like when he talks about, he says something like, "I've had experience with guys like that." When he's talking about Michael yeah. Sheen's character, which feels like. The movie is hinting at the fact that, like, his own dad was kind right. of, like, a shitty guy. That would also be guy. Harry's dad. Right. Like, yeah, again. The movie right, yeah. Right, it's a, right. I it forgot they were brothers. brothers. So just feel like... I forgot they were brothers, too. <laughs> Harry's sitting there being rich. like... Harry's being like, your dad? He's like, your dad is my dad. He's like, right. oh, yeah, that's Maybe right. Maybe there's a rich lore missing again. Maybe they're stepbrother or half-brothers. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. be like... That's why he doesn't remember his dad or has a bad relationship is because like they were raised by Harry's dad. Is that, right, is yeah. that in the cut half hour? Is that <laughs> yes. a subplot that got raised there? Everything makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the movie just makes sense. Yeah. This, is, this is the mythic half hour that yeah. would have made this a good movie. Or at least the Meyer Shark. Um, I guess we kind of talked about the boys as one unit. One unit. Yeah, that's yeah. all you can do. Well, like, okay, so here's George the thing. George so which... randomly towards the end decides he loves Reese Witherspoon, but it's well, fine. No, it's, it's fine. not it's randomly toward the end. On, but like, yeah. it's like every scene, like, we forget about it, and it's not treated seriously. Right. Because you don't want him to feel, we don't want to, f- the audience, the movie doesn't want the audience to feel bad. When right, she doesn't George. choose George, right. Yeah, so like... It's very clearly there in a lot of these scenes, like when he's when she walks off with Harry, like it'll cut to like George looking after right. him, like a bit sadly. Yeah, and then the scene where um she's drunk at her date and he goes to pick her up. Yeah. And she's talking to him drunkenly and she's like 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 oh like you're you're one of the good ones, George. Like you're so nice. Like you you say good things, you're, you're so smart like wise. And then she's like, You're just like a woman, George is like <sighs> yeah. And you can tell, like, it's one of those things where, like, if it didn't have all the shots of him looking longingly at Reese, it could just be a moment of, like, oh, God, like, women are going to be telling you this my entire life, yeah. aren't they? But, like, instead, it's just the, like, oh, my heart is crushed because Reese Witherspoon doesn't see me as a viable sex object. I wonder if Haley Meyershire would legitimately, without irony, be like, now that's a nice boy or, like, a nice guy. But we would be like, yeah, nice guy, TM. Come on, man. <laughs> He's going to get red-pilled on Reddit. Right! <laughs> He's going to be like, that fucking bitch. So I guess I would agree with Lee in terms of of George is probably the one I want to get with Reese in terms of like the one who I feel like is probably the best fit for her like yeah. he's good with yeah. Isabel they have a shared connection with like her father I, I guess I would pro- so which boy everyone had said like which boy they would want to end up with Lee did you have a boy like not really I mean I by I their don't powers know. combined yeah but yeah I really don't really want someone like George because mm-hmm. there, that's too much right, I feel like in real life yeah I was yeah I was gonna say like I feel like in real life like you would get tired of George very quickly yeah like, but he, I'd also get tired with Teddy because yeah. it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on no there. I agree 
And also, I feel like he would randomly flip out at something, overreact a lot to something that's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, Also, the punch comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but I do think that I I don't know. There's something about Teddy that like if we if we if we finished if we fleshed his character out a bit more, maybe it would be Teddy. I don't know. I mix that actor up with his brother a lot because they look almost identical. Right. It's very upsetting. Is his brother Nick? No, is that right? Is that his? I, I know that there is a brother. It was the brother which, okay, who was which in Hereditary. One, which one was not Nat Wolf in Hereditary? Oh, I thought it was his brother. All right, hang on one second. I'm just gonna figure out like Nat Wolf. This is how you know they're truly a who. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Meryl Streep's daughters because Alex you can't Wolf. tell them apart. Alex, Alex Wolf, Wolf is the sibling. Alex Wolf. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. Alex Wolf was in Hereditary. Okay. Alex Wolf was in Hereditary. Pig. Old. So he's in all of the weird movies. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's Nat like Wolf his is thing. In admission. Maybe, yeah, like maybe <laughs> Nat Wolf has like the more conventional career, you know, where it's like he takes on like the more like basic movies, and Alex Wolf is like, no, you want a wolf for right. your creepy shit? Get me. I'm gonna go work with Ari Aster and like do a twenty four movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, are there any other characters or performances we want? So to I talk mean, here's about? the thing: Candace Bergen, right? I wish she mattered. Who is this character? Right. Like, I kind of, I, I really kind of love the idea of like this older woman who was kind of like for a brief moment like kind of a thing in the 70s like she was like an actor who like probably really popped and did some really quirky movies and then just decided like you know what I'm done like I don't need to do anymore I've done everything I wanted to do I'm gonna like focus on being a mom I'm gonna focus on me for a while like I think that's a very interesting character and I think frankly given that she has like a lot in common with Reese Witherspoon's character it's weird that the movie never really like focuses on like this is a potential bonding moment between the two of them and I feel like if you're doing this whole thing where it's like Reese is going home again it's kind of like maybe you should hit on the fact that like mom has a lot of wisdom and advice right. to give to her as someone who has like gone through this process before maybe that should come up in conversation I don't know as it is she just wills the plot into motion and then leaves right. yeah. I don't know like do we do you only feel that way though because it's Candace Bergen a person who I don't know but seems to be someone of clout like if it was just Murphy some Brown. random Murphy woman. Brown okay. mostly yeah. but if it was just some random character actress would you feel that she needs more to do. I might a little bit just because I feel like she only pops up, like, she pops up often enough at the beginning that I'm kind of like, okay, like, she's going to be in this movie fairly mm-hmm. often. Like, she'll show up every now and then. Like, do you, have... Here's a crazy thought. Yeah, what? Do you think that because, like, George has Isabel, and... <laughs> <laughs> do you think that, like, every woman needs a boy? Like... <laughs> Teddy Would this have gone on to be a trilogy? Teddy, Teddy gets with Candace needs Bergen. a surrogate grandmother. <laughs> Isabel needs a surrogate father. And, and uh, Reese needs a boy to fuck. Yes. I mean, there it is. <laughs> I think you fixed this movie. <laughs> you kind of love the idea that like she just calls Teddy to help her set up her VCR or something. And then suddenly just a very sexy and then Teddy, music plays. Who's clearly missing a parental figure in right. or has some major hang-ups. She just like bags. like makes some cookies and like calls him like every yeah. like other day or so like just want to check in, make sure everything was okay. Yeah. I think it's also just that Candace Bergen is a very recognizable like name and like actor so it's just weird to bring her in and have her do so little. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. Mm. I, I think that she like she should have more of a focus in this movie and I, I would almost say to a point that like I kind of like what Lake Bell is doing with Me this too. character even though I think the character is kind of stupid and extraneous. Yeah, I mean I like... I don't, yeah, but again, that would mean that we'd have to, like, spend time with the job. No, I agree, yeah. Is it even? Yeah, the job only exists so we can have the weird, she gets kind of run over. Uh, in her relationship with, like, Belle, but then she gets drunk and, like, stands up to her. But then, right. y- if you took that out, nothing would change. No, I agree. At all. Right, because I, I guess, like, is the, I don't know, like, is the movie trying to posit that, like, 
Because, she, excuse me, because she drunkenly stood up to Lake Bell, that's what gives her the conviction to, like, ask for a divorce. But, like, I don't think that's they, what it's saying. I think they try to imply that she's had some kind of, like, personal growing, like, growth breakthrough just by having them around because they put those lines in Michael Sheen's mouth being like, you seem more relaxed. You seem more, like, confident or whatever. Right. And I guess maybe the idea could be that, like, Alice is, when she was in this relationship with Michael Sheen, she was, like, so such, like, a second fiddle player right. to him that, like, she doesn't know how to be as her own person. And so, like, maybe it could be this sort of thing where, like, Lake Bell is entirely walking over, like, walking over the entire time and she's only too happy to just be sort of like, yep, that's what it is. But and then she stands up to her and then she's like, no, I'm going to stand up to Michael Sheen, too. Why the not? The only issue is... Reese Witherspoon acts the same way all the way through. I can't really point to a point where she's like, oh, she's like more subdued here and this is where she like gets a backbone and like stands up for her. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Because again, there's not really like an arc for her character. Like all these things that we're saying like could very well be arcs for Reese Witherspoon's character, but we don't get them. Just by dint of trying to find like to just solidify the narrative of this movie, I feel like almost does too much work for it because it really does just sort of like squeeze all the elements out on a tube in front of you and just kind of leaves you right. to like, like ask yeah. you to pick up the pieces connected to the work. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have anything else to say? Actors? No. no. Again, like we said earlier about Michael Sheen too. Like they describe him as like this guy who was out until two in the morning partying. Um, George describes him as having a Clark Gable quality to him. Right. Nobody is right about anything. No. <laughs> Nothing about that applies to Michael Sheen's yeah. Michael yeah, Sheen is like... He's not manipulative. Right. He's not a partier. Yeah. He's not a Clark Gable He's type. not a Clark Gable yeah. type. He like shows up and he immediately just seems like someone's dad. Right. Like that. that's just it. He well, looks like a dad. I don't know like, what else to tell they you. They could have styled him differently. They could have put in some kind of effort but it really does feel weird that like the casting director was like, I know, Michael Sheen has a beard right now. That would be great for this role. Right, yeah. So like we'll give him some love sweaters right. and it's just like it feels like this should have been played by someone who is like maybe trying desperately to hang on to their youth or something like maybe it's this like this like 45 year old guy who still dresses <laughs> like he's 20 or something so like maybe he's an antithesis to like these boys who are like wise beyond their years what if a Nancy little bit Myers got Rufus Sewell on the phone I mean like, yeah that'd be yeah. fun hey. I, I could see Rufus Sewell doing he, this he has kind of an evil yeah, yeah he does and, he, and he, he does good as playing kind of like someone who has like a very high opinion of themselves yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like I think that honestly probably would have been better casting than Michael Sheen for this part as written mm-hmm. did we want to talk about it all about good things because wasn't that the thing we wanted oh, to try and do a right. little bit more <laughs> so like we'll do that real quick what are the good things well, like, here the house is nice the exteriors it's just not good enough right mm-hmm. it's not that it's bad it's like I think at a yeah. core like it was very it's, you had me at three boys so. it's hard right. to get excited about this movie though isn't it yeah it's, it is hard to like get excited like and I've you know if I haven't watched it twice it's like it's, it's a sedative just, like, not it's also yeah it's also hard to like bury it though you know like yeah. I don't like I feel like we, we have complained about things but like you want it's it very, to do better right yeah right. it's very hard to get like actively right. mad at this movie yeah it's right. that the boys aren't good enough right the the plot's not good enough right Reese doesn't have like a lane that she's in consistently yeah, but the concept is so solid right. I also feel like I don't know like I feel like Pico Alexander should be the actor I feel like Rudnitsky is fine as the writer. I think you need a different. I, I think. I think you I need a different director. I mean, I th- I think the point is that just the boys don't have defined enough personalities to account for any of it, <laughs> yeah. except for George, maybe. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like I think Pico could very well be the director, but like it almost feels like Callie Myerstar doesn't know what a director does. So she and hasn't so, produced. Right, she hasn't functioned kind of like a producer, and also like sometimes he's kind of smooth and like charming, but other times he's just sort of like intense. Right. And so I I don't know that you necessarily need to like swap around. The the boys per se I just think that like they need something to hang their coat on yeah every boy needs a defined 
personality right. and an arc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need everyone needs an arc. I don't again, we can talk about it in fixes, but I I think that this concept is solid. I don't think that it should be a movie. You know, it's not a bad way to spend the time. <laughs> no, again, it's it's ninety minutes or so. Right. Like ninety yeah. minutes. I will always appreciate a tight ninety in these days of overlong bloated films. Yeah. yeah. So and so like and it it, it goes down easy. Like, like I, it, it goes like, down much like our cocktail. Yes, exactly. I liked the most recent Batman. Did not need to be three hours. No, I agree. We'll so transition. We'll start with me. Yeah, I guess we'll start right. with you. Well, well, you're good with that. There's two. I have two alternate t- t- takes for this. Yeah. The first is that this is a K drama. Yeah. Nash. It's a hundred percent a K drama. It's got. Two compelling romantic leads, one of whom is head and shoulders a, a better person, <laughs> but, but is not the one that she is paired with. Still, kind of a beta cuck. Yeah, a beta yeah. cuck who doesn't get the girl. Um, it's what what what, ha, what you call this in K drama world is second male lead syndrome, where uh, you as the viewer are just like yelling at the screen because the second male lead does not get the girl, even though he's clearly a better person. Now we've combated this in recent years in K drama, and I, I think you could do you could even do a thing where like. You could do like because K dramas generally have like a sixteen twenty episode arc and there's kind of like a big turning point halfway through. You could either do like you could have the first focus on One she's boy. with Harry and then like she realizes that Harry's not the right guy for her mm-hmm. and then you know George gradually she becomes aware of all the things that he does behind the scenes that make this relationship work. Um, or well like I think a show on Netflix called Love Alarm did I haven't seen it but I know that like. There's a, there's a huge love triangle in that, and I think that she ends season one with, like, one boy, and then in season two, like, the the second boy two gets a comeback, like, <laughs> because they have to break up for some reason. Boy two yeah. strikes back. Now, I don't want to necessarily do that, because I think I feel like what Love Alarm is doing is kind of jerking its viewers around by, like, constantly yeah. cucking them back right. and forth about, like, who's going to end up with who or whatever, but... Like, this whole, like, cohabitation thing is, like, such a trope in K-dramas where it's like, oh, no, I have to live with a boy for some sort of practical circumstance. They might walk in on me. Yeah, and, like, yeah, we now we do, yeah, we, the shower Oops, we thing. we physically ran yeah. into each other. Yeah, and, like, oh, we have to make meals together and do all these domestic things. And, Those and are so close. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's, it's such a good setup, and I think you would get to spend more time and you would understand. Because the, the, the fact that, like, in, what, 90 minutes... You get, by the end of it, like, this woman, this girl is writing a play about how they're a found family. And she's yeah. like, yo, why don't you still be part of my family? It's like, you've been there a few weeks. Right. And yeah. you've seen uh, 90-ish minutes of that. That's not enough time for me to believe that you're... <laughs> right, to believe that this, like, child views you as an important part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just not enough. But if you had, like, a, a mini-series length of time to see this dynamic develop, you would, like, understand more... If that's what you're going for, the sort of found family thing, like, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd get there a lot more naturalistically. Um, so that's my, my first take, is that you'd have the same things play out, and I think that you could, I said it as a joke, but I think you could actually have this idea that, like, maybe the, maybe the third boy, Teddy, does need a parental figure, or an older woman. <laughs> he turns to grandma. Yeah, he turns to grandma, he's never had, like, <laughs> for somebody, every, yeah. For every woman, a boy. For every woman, a boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd have that, uh, and my, my second, uh, take on this is the days of dating sim. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> I think it should be dating sim, and I think I think that the ex-husband should be a compelling, comp, like possible interest there. I think that you didn't need to make him like a write-off, like toxic, yeah. manipulative person. Would this be the female answer to Dream Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> dream Baby, Dream Baby. <laughs> Who will your dream boy? Dream be? Twink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you could have you, you got the 
Golden Street Rainbow Teddy. Right. You got uh, Charming. Uh, Suave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hot Pico Alexander Pico and Alexander. George, who has like the emotional yeah. connection. Sensitive, brainy. Yeah. Goblin George. Gremlin George. He does have very yeah. tall yeah. troll doll hair. Yeah. And then just very kind of sharp. <laughs> yeah. Pointy yeah. like yeah. features. So like, do your dad's movie room? Big, <laughs> big dating sim trope character ty- archetypes are like because you always like Pico would probably be more the sort of like bold like uh, very. Um, I'm not, not, not aggressive. What's the A word that means very friendly? Avuncular? Avuncular, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like very popular, outgoingous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. blossoming kind of personality. And I think that you'd then have uh, the ex-husband. What's his name? Fuck me, I forgot. I, I Michael forget Sheen. too. Michael yeah, Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have Michael Sheen. Austin with an E. Austin oh, with an E. You'd like, have Austin be like uh, more of the sort of playboy, kind of like a bit, a bit smarmy, a bit still spicy. Partying. Yeah, yeah, like a bit of a cad, but like, but like also clearly still likes you a lot, mm-hmm. and like you know that's maybe why you had a divorce because he was you know he was a bit too too much on the playboy yeah. caddy side. But maybe he's tr- maybe he's really gonna turn into over a new leaf for you yeah. this time. You don't know. Um, and that's up to you to decide. And yeah, so you, because again, again, Teddy's clearly a shoe in for like the baby type who's like <laughs> right. a child, the adorable little one, yeah, adorable child, kind of stupid, a bit yeah. dim, but right. you know, tries <laughs> but, but his you best. love him, yeah, yeah. And then you got the the glasses character um, in George, the, 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 brainy, the brainy writer. That's what it's called. I know, I know. The Megan A. The, gla- the glasses character. Yeah, yeah. The the, the nerd. But yeah, that's, I think that it's better suited for these formats than it is a movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I would play the fuck out of this dating scene. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I, would, I mean, we joked about it, too, but like, I think I want a general, like, Nancy Myers dating sim. Yeah, just yeah. Just place in a palatial mansion. Yes. Yeah. And there are all just, these tropes. Right, yes. Yeah, okay, we talked about, like, there's the exotic foreigner. Yes. Type. Right. Who's like either you're you're there and he's a local or like he's a foreigner visiting and so therefore he's this like European and aesthetic. None of none of your conflicts can be anything more yeah. than just like the barest <laughs> yeah. scratch. Yeah. Like just the, the tiniest amount of friction occurs. Yeah, you'd have yeah, you'd have younger guy. You'd have a uh, foreigner, exotic, mysterious foreigner. Mm-hmm. You'd have ex-husband. Right, ex-husband, of course. And then I'm trying to fill it out. I, I feel like there, there's like probably another older oh, guy. like older dad. Another dad. What, yeah. Um, single dad. Um, yeah, single dad. What good. kind of character was Single Steve widower Martin. dad. I mean, Steve Martin is... is Steve Martin, I think, is widower. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he's a widower. Like, that's what his yeah, thing is. So, yeah. <laughs> you have like widower. Yeah, yeah. four boys already. Yeah. That's a good that's starting, starting point. That's a solid... Is one of them Jude Law? Can another one be Jude Law? Well, that would be... Jude Law is widow dad. He's the younger version. Yeah, but he is still like widow daddy. He's still widow daddy. He is daddy. He is daddy. He is daddy. Yeah. Because you can't have the young guy be a little more because the young guys, that whole arc has to be the, the culture clash of... Okay. Yeah. And I think yeah. and you could do the Jack Black type for like sort of like goofier and like yeah, a little right. like less Soft like boy. conventionally hot. You know, You're like, like he's, he's he's cute, but he's not like like a hunky heartthrob type. Yeah. I would love it if there was like a league of evil ex-boyfriends that would be like the... Uh, who's the Ed Woods character? No, well, who is the... The, car- the guy who uh, Cameron Diaz breaks up with at the very beginning. Oh, Ed Burns. Day. Ed Burns. Yeah. Um, it would be him. It would be, uh, I don't know, Rufus Sewell. It would be, I don't there's no, like, oh, I mean, um, Jack Black's ex. That, oh, like, yeah, that her awful, model. yeah, her awful. Yeah, his awful ex, that woman, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I, I don't have a lot of details kind of nailed down, but I did, I wanted there to kind of be much more focus on like what she wants 
to do mm-hmm. just because I understand that this was all a like very specific personal fantasy for Haley Myers Shire, but I don't I find that to be a very childish idea of like when I'm 40 I'm gonna date a handsome young man like let's dream bigger um, <laughs> so I'm I'm fine with the setup of the the first cohabitation I definitely want there to be more of a reason why it's happening like maybe. Um, maybe Candace Bergen actually owns the house and is like, oh, they're like, I'm, I'm going to help them out. So I told them they could go stay in the guest house or something. That is, sorry, I'm sorry to cut um, you off, but that is literally something like, has no one been living in this house for like 15 years? Because like not. Candace Bergen, so like they've just been but holding on to this house. It they, looks they, fantastic. They must have hired professional cleaners. Right, yeah, like they still had someone come by like once a week yeah. to take care of it. <laughs> like fluff the hammock pillows yeah. that are yeah, just exactly. perfectly arranged it's, it's really it's just like I, I just don't know this like what's the story of this fucking house anyway sorry go my on my thought is in this version Candace Bergen is living there and is I think that would make more, more sense and frankly. I, I think I'm going to move the timeline up to being like they are moving in uh-huh. just because that would like make the home again thing make more sense and it would also give more of a reason for Candace Bergen to be around of like oh I'm going to help you get settled in and whatever I'm not even going to talk about casting but it's just like this is what the, is going to happen with the character so she's still like Pico goes for Pico. Uh, Harry goes for her first, but I want there to kind of maybe be an already developing subplot where he's already kind of going down this weird egomaniacal path as a like director, but you know, maybe getting a little bit big for his britches. Um, the other two are, are the <laughs> a, little, a little bit more down to earth. Yeah. What I want to have happen is. Um, he has a tantrum when they take other jobs and leaves, mm. and she discovers what her passion is and fucking directs that movie. <laughs> and I love that. she and Candace Bergen throw their like uh, their you know, name family weight, fortune. their family weight and name and money behind it, and like get this movie made the way they want to make it. Mm. And I don't, I, I'm kind of fine with her not having a romance with any of these boys, but maybe just like. <laughs> They, like, the kids can still, like, look at them as older brothers, but then, like, A, we're already getting rid of one boy, one I did not care for, and now we're giving these other two a little bit more time to be people, and I would love for the grandmother to be more of a, like, a figure, because I think that could be, like, a, a nice, like, sassy other voice in the room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so for mine, and I had commented on this a little bit before, where my biggest problem with this is that, like, the movie sort of needs to pick a lane a little bit, mm-hmm. and so what I guess this movie should be about is more like her sense of self-discovery and like her found family. Because if you want the concept to be like home again, first of all, much like Chris, I said it needs to start with her literally going home. Like the first shot in this movie should be like her and her daughters like pulling up to this house, Candace Bergen's there waiting for them or something, and they go inside. What I think she should be doing over this movie is if you want to stick with this whole idea where like, oh, she's an interior designer, maybe then like the entire movie is like her putting her own stamp on this house. Like she gets there yeah. and it's like this house that is like like a museum piece that like has not been touched in 20 years or something. And it's like a shrine to my right. dad. It's a shrine to her father and aspects of my life. Like my mom is represented here. My dad's represented here. But like, who the hell am I? And so like the entire movie is her like, you know, f- futzing with the house. Like maybe she does decide to leave her dad's office the way it was as like a memorial to him. But it's also like, oh, like I need to make this house like 
resemble me? And like, who am I? Like, what what is my identity and how can I project it upon this place that I live? Like, I don't know, maybe this is like a metaphor or something. Like, <laughs> let's think about that. As part of that also, I want to trim down or almost entirely remove the whole aspect of the boys chasing the film deal, which I just don't care about. I think maybe it could literally even just be that like, she has returned to LA and she has put her guest house on Airbnb and these three boys like pick oh. it up. They're just like, this was the only place that was like cheap enough because like Reese Witherspoon has like no sense of what money is. <laughs> so she's like $15 a night and the boys oh are like, great, God. we're there. And so that would be pretty funny. That's like what like gets these boys into her life is that they just sort of show up and they just kind of like integrate themselves in like that. I don't love like the quote unquote meet cute between the two of them know, at the restaurant where it just, it feels very bizarre that Pico Alexander would like go out of his way to hit on this woman and then how like all the other boys immediately show up and they're like 40 year old women at a table drinking wine yes please like incorporate me into this scenario and so I think it makes a little bit more sense if they just happen to be there and then maybe like that's like the spark that gets Pico Alexander and Reese Witherspoon going to the fact that like he's there and they have a little bit more to do you know so they can sort of like focus on building a relationship rather than having it be like oh we got drunk and we fooled around but we didn't have sex that first night must remember that I would not have Michael Sheen's character be in this at all because I don't feel like the ex-husband been character kind of really matters in this story because if it's about her finding a new sense of home and self it should not matter what her past really was in that respect so I don't think I would have him even pop up in this movie I want to do a little bit more with Candace Bergen's character and like I said earlier what I think sort of the thing you could do with Candace Bergen's character is as she's like you know quote unquote tearing down the shrine to her father that was his house it's sort of like her coming to terms with the fact that like she has this idealized version of her father from when she was a little girl living with him where it's like oh every weekend I love to go to dad's house and dad always made time for me and he was like the best father ever Candace Bergen's like I mean he wasn't really right like I liked him and like you can still like him but he was having affairs with other women and like we it didn't work out with us you know like he was he's like dead now and I'm right. dead yeah exactly he was a good guy but like that doesn't mean that he was like always a good guy you know what I mean so I think it should be sort of like her coming to terms with who she is by viewing her family in a new lens that helps her create sort of like this found family with like these three boys and her mom and confronting the, the rose colored glasses you have about like your famous parent is pretty that's a a cool concept I yeah. like that and so that's that's really just sort of like my thought I feel like I would also probably not have her end up with any of the boys but maybe leave it at a point where like theoretically like who knows what tomorrow will bring right. like maybe maybe I could get with anyone or all three of these boys Although, next week Lee yeah. whenever you get around to making that Nancy Myers dating so yeah. let us know yeah, we are exactly. all over it let's start that find, kickstarter if I find an artist yeah we're, we're gonna be working to go you uh, should ask go. them how good yeah. they are at uh, making really luxurious looking beige cardigans yes. yeah basically yeah <laughs> lots of flat white kitchens with flat white people. Yeah. Yeah, we need a background artist. That's going to be very easy. Yeah. To find and you just need to be kitchens, like, kitchens, kitchens, listen, kitchens. I need to know how well, kitchens. how good you are at drawing white marble. Yeah. Are you the best? And then we get a CG artist to do some, some anime Nancy Myers boys. <laughs> I would love to see Nancy Myers. I would love to see like anime Alec anime Baldwin. Club. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Oh would there be an almost like boyfriend yeah. dungeon version of this where there, uh, all the boys are different kitchen appliances in your like luxury fantasy kitchen (laughs) I'm the farmer's sink (laughs) (laughs) I'm the island with storage I'm the island without storage somebody's like the sleek espresso machine (laughs) (laughs) and they're 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 extremely yeah yeah they're a foreigner character European (laughs) for sure good times Uh, for the final question 
would we recommend this? If you're a Nancy Myers fan. Yeah, I, I mean, Honestly, I would. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I guess it's difficult for me to look at someone and be like, I'm passionately telling you. Yeah, you see I, I, I will agree with that. Like, I, I don't think I can aggressively recommend this movie, but like, no. it goes down easy, but like I you, said. If you want to see boys be nice. Yeah. Boys be Yeah, if you want a world where boys are nice. good, yeah. watch this movie. Where they're sweet and they're not toxic. Right. And they're nice They'll to children. punch your creep husband if need yeah, yeah, yeah. be. If anything, they're just like maybe too emotional. Right, they're a little, they're sometimes a little too intense or too vague. Right. <laughs> or too undefined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My character flaw is that I'm undefined. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shall we buy it out like the good, good boys? Yeah, well, of course, uh, two weeks from now, we'll have a mini episode mm-hmm. come out. Uh, Facebook.com slash whywitchpodcast is Facebook. Dropback.com is the website. Find all the old episodes there and crap like that. All, all right. right. Let's, let's buy this one out. Yep. Bye. Bye. Sometimes I wonder if I'm ever going to make it home again. So far and out of sight